This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. You are welcome tonight to this wonderful broadcast. And I trust God that by the help of the Holy Spirit, He will unveil His words to us and show us deeper things in the Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Are you set tonight? See, tonight we want to talk about something very important. And then, very important to our nation. And then to the body of Christ. Because of the things happening here and there. That's why I want to deal with this topic. And I pray that by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, He will speak. The Lord will speak to everyone and open your eyes to see. So tonight I want to talk about prophecy, about prophets, and about the word of God. This is very a very serious topic. Prophecy, prophets, the word of God, or prophet, prophecy, the word of God. We have to understand what the Bible says about this because if you don't know what the scripture teaches, what the word says about this subject matter, you will likely be deceived. Like it's happening all around the nation now. It's necessary to look into God's word to find out what the Bible says about this, about prophecy, about a prophet, about prophetic ministry, and then get the understanding and be guided by the word. I would like to start this way by the grace of God. When we talk about the prophetic and this teaching, by the grace of God, we help many to also understand the gift of the spirit that you have and how to function in some of those gifts. This will enlighten you by the help of the Holy Spirit. And then it will guide you also to separate what is real from counterfeits. So that you are not deceived, you are not manipulated, and then another spirit does not operate, and then you think it's the spirit of God. It takes a heart that discerns by the Holy Spirit to separate what is of God from what is not of God. So, I want, I want to talk about something very important. When, when we talk about prophecy, prophet, prophetic office, we have to understand some four important things under the prophetic. And I will start that way. I will dwell more on the last. So, first of all, there is the prophetic word. The Bible says, if you start from 2 Peter chapter 1, and then you start from verse 19 downwards, the Bible calls the word of God a more sure word of prophecy. A more sure word of prophecy. So God's word is a prophetic word. Every scripture, especially scriptures, by the, all scriptures are by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. So the word of God itself is a prophetic declaration. And is the highest form of prophecy. No prophecy will be greater than a virgin shall conceive. So the word of God itself is a prophetic word. And it is an unadulterated prophetic word. That's very important. You will understand why I'm saying this later. But the word of God is an unadulterated prophetic word. And it's the first in that cadre, the most, the highest form of prophetic declaration. Then we have what we call the spirit of prophecy. We will look at this each one later, but definitely not today. The spirit of prophecy. What is the spirit of prophecy? 
See, if you study, no, this is a Bible study. Please pay attention. In 1 Samuel, let's read something from 1 Samuel 19. You know, this is a story where King Saul was looking for David and then he went to look for David everywhere and then something happened. Somebody told them that David was in Ramah with Samuel, Prophet Samuel. Okay, he had sent people there before, servants to go and look for David. When they got to where David and Samuel, where they were, the Bible said they were prophets prophesying. And when the servants of God got there, the prophetic caught up with them. They began to prophesy. They were not prophets. But there is, you know, there was the spirit of prophecy in operation. So it caught up with them. Even when they began to prophesy. And then lastly, King Saul himself got to the place. As soon as he reached the circumference where the spirit of prophecy was in operation, Saul himself began to prophesy. And the Bible said the people said that a Saul also among the prophets. Now, you know, that, that, that's um, verse 24. The Bible says, evil stripped his clothes and prophesied before Samuel in like manner and lay down naked all night and all day. Wherefore, they say, is Saul also among the prophets. That's 1 Samuel 19, 24. Saul began to prophesy. See, if you have been a Christian for years, you would have seen this. That when the anointing of God is strong in the meeting, certain people will begin to prophesy, even though they are not prophets. You know what? At times, this can happen to people who are not even serious Christians. In some cases, it can happen to people who are not even serious about their faith. It's a, it is something in the atmosphere. The Spirit of God moving, and then it highlights some people. So it, it moves some people. It touches people. And then the prophetic anointing step, uh, comes and they begin to prophesy. So Saul was not a prophet, but he prophesied. The servant is sent ahead of himself. They were not prophets, but they prophesied. They got to the area where there was the prophet spirit of prophecy in operation, and they prophesied. Then we have the third one, which is the gift of prophecy. Now, let's read 1 Corinthians 14. Now, it's important we understand this. You will know why we are going this way later. 1 Corinthians 14. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible says in verse 3, no, Paul said, let's start from verse 2. For he that speaketh in, he said, let's start from verse 1. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Now, verse, verse 3. He that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comforts. Now, this is very important. You see, ordinary gift of, the gift of prophecy, in the real sense of it, performs three operations. Edification, exhortation and comfort edification exhortation and comfort i will tell you later what people call it according to bible definition under the new covenant you are said to be prophesying when you exhort and you edify and then you strengthen under the unction of the holy spirit comfort exhortation edification when these three things are done by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, is equal to prophecy under the New Testament. That is the definition and the role of ordinary gift of prophecy. So we have, first of all, the most sure word, God's word being the prophetic word. We have the spirit of prophecy. Second, the third one, we have the gift of prophecy. And the fourth one, where I will dwell more on, I will go to others. So we have the office of a prophet. 
So let's read Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 11. It's a scripture we all know very well. Ephesians 4, 11. Hallelujah. The Bible says, And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints and so on. So, let's start again. A more sure word of prophecy, the word of God. One. Number two, the spirit of prophecy. An atmosphere where anybody can prophesy without being a prophet necessarily. Number three, we have the gift of prophecy. And number four, we have the office of a prophet. Now, let's start. You can prophesy without being a prophet by calling. So that's what 1 Corinthians 14. Please, this, this, this is deep. And I, 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 I know that believers all over the world, those who are watching, I believe that this will bless you. We go back to 1 Corinthians 14. Paul actually said, or the Bible says, you can all prophesy. You can all prophesy. He was saying that, I will that you all, verse 5, he said that rather that you prophesy. He said, I want you to speak it up, but I, I prefer you prophesy. And he said, you cannot prophesy. The entire 1 Corinthians 14, Paul was saying to the people that every Christian can prophesy. As you yield to the Holy Spirit, you can bring comfort, edification, and exhortation to people. But then that does not call to the office of a prophet. For instance, you can also operate prophetically or you can speak a prophetic word when the spirit of prophecy is available. It's around in the atmosphere. But that does not make you a prophet. So he's a prophet. We'll, we'll get to that in a while. But that does not make you. So you can treat somebody with loanat and quatem that has, someone, that, someone that has malaria. But that does not make you a doctor. It's, it's the same in all the fivefold ministries. You can be told to undo Bible study in your church, but that does not make you automatically a teacher of the world. You see, the fivefold offices, you are called to those offices. This is very important. You are called to those offices. Amen. So you can be asked to lead a cell. But that does not confer you automatically the office of a pastor. You have to be called to those of God then. When you are teaching Bible study in the house of God, it can position you to the place where the Lord will call you and put you. We are going to explain this in a while. Now, who is a prophet? The prophetic office is one of the five-fold offices. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teachers. We call them five-fold ministry given by our Lord Jesus Christ. But it's important because the most abused office is the office of a prophet. And the most controversial, especially in a nation like ours, especially in Africa, is the office of a prophet. And there's a reason. Because it's a very sensitive office. A prophet can speak on God's behalf. A prophet can make a declaration and God will endorse it based on his level. His work, the level of his work with God. Now, let me say firstly, prophets are called of God, ordained of God, and it takes time for you to fully stand in that office. You can be called at any time, but there is a process, a period of preparation so that's the first thing. So a prophet is first of all a believer, a Christian, 
a Christian, a child of God, who has been called by God into the office of a prophet, he can begin as a pastor. He can begin as a Bible study leader. He can begin in any way. But along the line, he's entrusted with this responsibility, this office of a prophet. Now, a prophet functions in what you call revelation gifts. If you remember 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Apostle Paul listed there 12 spirit, uh, nine gifts of the spirits. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gift of healing, the sign of spirit, workings of miracle, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Those are the nine listed. There might be more, but those are the nine listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, when a person is called to the office of a prophet, it is likely that three of those gifts will function more in his ministry. What are the three? See, the nine gifts listed are divided into three categories. You have the gifts that see. That is word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirit. They are revela they re revelation gifts. We have the gifts that do. That is workings of miracle, gift of faith, gift of healing. And then you have utterance gifts. That is tongue, interpretation, and prophecy. Praise the Lord. Now, when a person is a prophet, it will function more. Word of knowledge is defined as that which, knowing supernaturally something that has been or something that is. Word of wisdom is knowing supernaturally something that is about to happen, yet to happen. And discerning of the Spirit is to be able to understand, seeing to the realm of the Spirit. So you'll see all these things more. So let's look at examples. See, the prophetic office spanned from Old Testament into New Testament. That's the second thing to know about prophetic office. So the first, a Christian called, that's under New Testament. But then the second, the prophetic office spanned from Old Testament to New Testament. Number three, prophets are not of equal authority or ranks. So in Old Covenant, for instance, there were major prophets, even though people just classify it that way. But then there were major so you, Elijah, there were some prophets like Ahijah and then some names, Micaiah, who just played some roles, but not as prominent as Elijah, Elisha, Isaiah, and some of those other prophets. Praise the Lord. So uh, we have ranks and we are levels. In the New Testament, you know, so talking about the gift of revelation, if you remember very well, Let's start with the new covenant. Then we, we, we see example in the old covenant as well. There was a man named Agabus in the Bible. In Acts chapter 11, he prophesied, he showed by the spirit that there was going to be famine. And there was famine. Then in Acts 21, he took Paul's clothes and he tied himself with it. And he said the Jews in Jerusalem, are going, they are going to bind the owner of these clothes. Prophetically, he was saying, what will happen to Paul? And the Bible called him a prophet. Apostle Paul himself was first of all a prophet, called to be an apostle, but he started. Paul was an evangelist. He was a teacher. He was a pastor because he started branches and he pastored them. He was a prophet. If you remember Acts chapter 13, the Bible said there were certain prophets and teachers in Antioch and Paul's name was one of them. So Paul was a prophet. Barnabas was a prophet also. So let's, let's look at the characteristics again. They speak, they, 
is a believer. They speak on behalf of God to men. They bring revelation into the spirit realm. You also have to understand this about prophets. Please write this down. Prophets must stay within the confines of the word of God. Otherwise, they will go into the spirit of error. We come to that. Next one. Prophecies given by a prophet are not necessarily the final word. And that is where the ministry can get controversial. And I'm going to talk about that in a while. Hallelujah. Attract a wrong spirit. Especially if you like going around seeking for prophecy, you shall be deceived. God has not designed that his people should be led by prophets. But prophets do give direction to people, but it must bear witness to your spirits. Your spirit must agree with what the prophet is saying. When you pray, God can send someone to say something to you, but you don't go around looking for somebody to give you a prophecy. You are going to get into trouble. Africans do that a lot, and many have gone into trouble. And then they're angry with the church. And then they say this or that. You see, even a genuine prophet can make a mistake. Praise the Lord. This is very important. Hallelujah. You see, this is where it gets very serious. That prophecies are not necessarily the final word. Let me give you an example. In Isaiah chapter 38, also I think 2 Kings 19 or 20, if you read one. Isaiah 38. The Lord said to Isaiah, Ezekiel was sick, and Isaiah said, put your house in order, for thus said, Lord, you shall die. And Isaiah left. And Ezekiah began to pray. And Ezekiah began to pray. And God told Isaiah that, go and tell him, I'm going to add 15 more years to his life. If you were a servant in Ezekiah's palace, and your duty was to end by 12 o'clock, let's say Isaiah you, you were there, and then let's say Isaiah came in around 11.58 and he said to the king, you shall die. Thus said the Lord, and he left. And you will finish your schedule by 12, but then you heard the prophecy, and then you too, you left. And then all of a sudden, the king is not dying. What would you say? The prophet has missed it. Example 2. Jonah the Lord did not say, if you watch Jonah's words, the Lord didn't say, I will destroy Nineveh except they repent. No. Jonah said, in three days, Nineveh shall be destroyed. A certain word. But the people of Nineveh began to pray. Just like Ezekiel to started praying. He said, Lord, remember me. And the people of Nineveh started praying. And they began to pray. And something happened. Guess what happened? The Lord said to Jonah that, no, I'm not doing this again. I'm going to have mercy on them. Ah, Jonah didn't like that at all. He was angry. He didn't like that at all. The same thing. If you were there, you will feel disappointed. That that guy said God will destroy this city. But see, the people prayed. The third one, because I'm about to say some things. The third one is 1 Kings chapter 21. Elijah the man with remarkable anointing. When Ahab killed Naboth, 
Elijah said to Ahab, the same place where you killed Naboth, you shall be killed there. And the Bible says Ahab went to his house and he was very sorry for what he did. And God said to Elijah, you know what? I'm going to suspend the prophecy. That shows, I, I, I said this by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every truth. You know what you get from that? No matter a prophecy was given to anybody, the final analysis is still between you and God. If my people are called by my name, when a prophetic word comes, if a saint, that's so when Paul was talking to Timothy, he said that you may, he said, by the prophecies that have gone ahead of you, that you may wage a good warfare by it. So at times when a prophetic word is given to you, it's your responsibility to keep it or lose it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. When you are called to be a prophet, or when you are told by a prophet to do something that is against the word of God. Now, nowadays, there are many practices, spirits of error, and that was what happened to Balaam. Balaam was a prophet of God. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. See, this is very important. I have ministered to people. Who will tell me that a prophet said, I should come for so so prayer, and if I don't come, so something will happen to me if I don't come. I've even seen the cases where people have been told, if you don't give so so amount, this and this will happen to you. Listen to me. The Spirit of God does not use force. The Spirit of God does not intimidate. And the Spirit of God does not threaten. Is there judgment in things of God? Yes. Under the prophetic unction, Saul said, well, who later became Paul, he said to uh, Sergius, who was Simon, who was trying to stop the governor from listening to them in Acts chapter 13. He said, you shall be blind for a season. And the guy went blind. There was such a strong anointing of Peter, Aeneas, and Sapphira. So there, there, it's possible. But I'm saying that the Spirit of God does not go around threatening people. Now, the Bible gives a word. We will go into details with this, but not tonight. I want to leave my to about 30 minutes tonight. Whoa, this is just part one. You know, the Bible teaches that the spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet. That means there is nothing like, I have to say this now, now, now. A prophet can say, they will accompany your mission more than that of a believer that is not called into that office. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. But you see, to become a prophet that can speak to nations, that will take years of preparation. Only Elisha and a few prophets could say to the entire Israel, thus hear the Lord. Because the Bible says something, and I want us to read. Amos chapter 3 verse 7, that God will do nothing. God will do nothing except he reveals it to his servant, the prophets. This is strong. When God wants to move in a nation, when God wants to move in a city, when God wants to move in a church, see, what, when, when what I'm sharing is not well understood, it can divide the church. Microphones have been given to people in the church and because of immaturity 
at times because of wrong spirits. Oh, I, I, it's not my nature to pick on people, but hear me, everybody watching. It is not only the spirit of God that can reveal things. Satan can reveal things also. That somebody says something and it comes to pass does not automatically mean that that is God. Native doctors can tell you things while you are there without you telling them. So, when believers begin to pay too much attention and abandon their personal relationship with God, and then they begin to look for prophecies, then they get into trouble. And then they are directed by another spirit. A genuinely called prophet will not use force, will not use manipulation. And we always prefer to teach you the word of God before any other thing. It can bring a word to you, but it will show you the root and the foundation in the word of God. That's very important. It, the word of God must remain its foundation. Yeah. You see, as you yield to God as a believer, and you begin to pray, the more you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the more you operate in some of the gifts of the Spirit. Because the Lord will always use it to be a blessing to other Christians as you make yourself available to the Holy Spirit. So if you spend, it will use you to lay hands on the sick. It will use you to bring a word to people. You, your words will always strengthen people. It will always edify people. You will operate in some arenas that are not necessarily your primary place of calling. Because you are yielded to the Holy Spirit, it makes you so, I mean, it leads you. You see, those who are, who are in terms of ministry, because God will speak to them and they can answer people, tell people what the Lord is saying. And that's equal to almost being a prophet. They're always available to pray for the sick. They can always, when you study the word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you will have something to teach people out of what he has taught you. You can counsel and help people if you always pray for other Christians. God will always give you a word that will establish them in God and help them so you can be a kind of shepherd to them. Not necessarily their pastor, but you can occupy that role to an extent. So the more we yield to the Holy Spirit, the more we're able to function. The more we're able to make ourselves available for the Lord to use. But that does not automatically mean that we are now called into this office. But we are sharing this because this is very important. There are abuses here and there. There are those who are listening to me who probably have that calling. But you don't even know how to go about it. What I'm going to tell you is this. Pay with the Holy Spirit first. As you grow in the Lord, the Bible says God has set in the church. This same scripture that we read in, first in Ephesians 4, 11. You'll see the same thing in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It will start from verse 20. The Bible says God has set in the apostles, then secondly, prophets. There must be prophets in the house of God. What I've seen believers, what I've seen people do over the years is to go either of the side. There are those who seek prophets all around and there are those who reject prophecy and the Bible says you should not despise prophecy. So we must have a church that's mature enough to undo this. That God will always raise prophets above, but they must be taught to understand of the word of God they are going to get into trouble. And you see, even a genuinely called prophet can make a mistake. This is why, see, sometimes I don't know why people fight on social media. When somebody says something that you consider 
by your own training in the school of the spirit that this is incorrect. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to accept it. I'm gonna, I want to spend this, you know, listen to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, it's very easy for me to know where people are coming from. They're supposed to. In my office and people just come. They join the church and they come to the office and they ask me, Pastor, I have three friends. Who do you think I should marry? And they are surprised when I tell them that it's not my duty to tell you to marry or who not to marry. And they are shocked. A few times, I have received an alert in my spirit that, oh, there is danger in that what that person is doing. But I begin to pray about it because I just don't like to lead, play, play the role of the Holy Spirit in people's life. Amen. Hallelujah. There is no substitute for your personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Prophets are there to guide, yes. And we must not despise those prophets. Even though their job, their job is becoming more and more difficult by the day because of the counterfeits that we have around. Believe me, says still practices. There are many people who practice soothsaying in the name of prophecy. And certain believers can't tell the difference at times. Many spirits have gone into the world, into our world, especially in Africa. Leading people into all kinds of troubles. People get to a place and then they, oh, no, I don't want to. Say, oh, he called my name. He told me things. Satan can, it's not difficult for the devil. See, the, a familiar spirit. In now chapter 16, Paul and, Paul and Silas were going around. Correct. And it sounded as if she was giving glory to God. Look at what she said. She said, these are servants of God who have come to show us the way of truth. But this was a demonic spirit speaking. A demon acknowledged Paul and Silas to be servants of God who have come to show us the way of truth. You would have argued that that, that no, no, a demon wouldn't say that. But it was a demonic spirit speaking through the girl. This is where saints have to be careful. Hallelujah. See, I tell you the truth. If you are very prayerful, when people with a wrong spirit, when they come around, you'll be able to tell. You might not be able to know details, but inside your spirit, the Holy Spirit, we, the, the, the bulb come on. That something is wrong here. And the reason why people look for prophecies every now and then is because they have abandoned the place of prayer by themselves. Now, this is not to say Again, I'm saying, we will talk about a genuine... I, I know prophets called of God. And you see this anointing upon them. I have some of them as my, as my friends. And the first thing you notice about them is that they are so sound in the word of God. It's always the beginning. There's no prophet I know, genuine prophet, who is not a sound teacher of the word. The ones that I know very close to me, you, they don't prophesy day and night to you. When you're with them, at they are sharing the word of God that will catapult you to another level. That's how you know a genuine prophet. Oh, glory to God. See, sometimes when people claim that they are deceived, he told them what God said, they were not satisfied. 
at all times, the Bible says, when he saw that he pleased the Lord to bless them, he decided not to inquire from the Lord again. You see, at the highest level of a prophetic anointing upon your life, you can function without the Holy Spirit. When that mantle lands on you and you have become an expert in that sense, in the school of the Spirit as a prophet, you can begin to draw crooked light. You can actually do things not of God and power will still back you up. This is the origin of all errors in the body of Christ from, uh, from history. So historically, the more equipped, the more endowed you are, the more careful you have to become. I have spent time to study the history of the church. You see, at the end of the day, once you are a believer and you talk any how, you insult people, you insult ministers, I just know that you are shallow spiritually. See, those who are students of history, there are things that you will see, they will make you to become sober. If you know that it's by, the, by grace you stand, and if God opens your eyes to the errors and mistakes of others, you start praying. The Bible says that consider yourself lest, because he that taketh his stance should take it lest he falls. When you start, be, when you begin, so there is a way that you correct something in law because compassion, you are considering yourself as that outside the providence of grace, I will fall like any other person. The best of men that, that God used in the past have also made mistakes. Read about Moses and read about different people in the Bible. I want to stop here tonight. Remember, let's go again. Prophetic word. The greatest is the word of God. See, when the Holy Spirit gives you a word from the scripture, it's an unadulterated word. The word of God is living and acting, sharper than any two-edged sword. There's no prophetic. Hey, there's no prof, that there is no prophecy from a prophet that is more powerful than the word of God. I'm gonna tell you a story. It will bless you. Two people in our church in those days wanted to get married. I was quite young then. And the mother went to one place. And the prophet, Erinopere, told them that they must not do wedding, a loud wedding. He said they must not do a party. That something bad was going to happen. As So they told me. And the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to the word of God. I can't remember the exact scripture the Lord gave us. I said we will celebrate this wedding. So... You know, a very wonderful woman of God, the mother of one of them, she was concerned, very wonderful woman. Because of one. And I said to her, when you have heard from the word of God, you can be bored about it. I said, mom, if anything happens to them, hold me responsible. We will throw, we will do the party, I will be there at the party. The wedding will be, it will be, I said, nothing will happen to them. When they've been married for many years now, we bless children, nothing. I told the mom one thing and she accepted Thank God for those with open. I said, mommy, out of the word of a prophet and the word of God, which one is more powerful? She said, the word of God. I said, let's stick to the word of God. This is what I'm about to say to people. This is why everyone watching me, watch who prays over you and where you go to. When the person says, this will happen to you, I said, you come to me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. On about four or five occasions in my life, prophets have told me something and I looked into the word of God and I saw the opposite. I decided to hold on to the word. Their words fell to the ground. 
I may not they couldn't even look up to my face today. This is very important. I was a young guy then, but I didn't mind. Well, I'm still a young guy anyway. <laughs> Are you following me? Oh, this is very important. The word of the word of God. A lady came to me one day. She said that a prophet prayed for their sister, asked her so that she must send some amount to buy something, and they have to pray for her. I said, if you send one cobble, evil things will start happening to you. Not because God made it so. You submitted your, you have submitted yourself into His hands. Oh, how many people have submitted themselves? Instead of them submitting themselves to the word of God, you are submitting yourself to a man who is speaking things into your life. And those things are established. You are giving them the rights to invade your spiritual life. And the angels watching over you will just stand and look at me looking. It's your fault. After this broadcast, so many people will write me. Shalashumakida.gmail.com. I'll go to Info Adesh, also not David, or check. They will send information later. Send me mails. I know that people are still need to speak to further on this. Because many are in bondage. Many are in bondage. And the prophets that are met who are called on God, I value their work greatly. You will see the love of God at work in them. You see the word of God functioning in them. And these impostors are making their job difficult. So people don't want to hear the name prophet again because of what people have done to them. A dear man of God told me when to preach somewhere. And someone told him. And the person said to him, Oh, this one, that one, that a prophet told me, I've been giving to this man. And the man said that if I don't continue to bring social amounts, God will consume the work of my hand. And he's scared because he has seen signs and wonders in this prophet. Painful. I told that lady, I said, so your sister has been giving. He said, yes, the guy is somewhere in another state. Sends the account they give, he prays for that next month, he will call them again. To renew the protection. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. See, if you are walking in the light, when God deems it fit to send the prophet to you, will. God can send a man of God to to speak. Agabus spoke to Paul, so it's not new. Yes. Oh, God has sent men to me, and I'm grateful. Those of you that are very close to me, or that know, you know some of the people I have around me who have been of a tremendous blessing. Sometimes they pick it, things in the spirit before I do, and they call, they say it. There is a friend I have in particular. Every word he has spoken, none has fallen to the ground. He calls and he says, this word is the Spirit of God. He says, please pray about it and check for yourself. That's how a good prophet talks. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But remember, you cannot prophesy. We will look at each one later. But also, just let, just end it today. Just understand what, I, what I'm ending with. A more sure word of prophecy. Oh, you can put the word of God in your mouth and prophesy. God has already prophesied about you through his word. That's the most powerful prophecy. Can I hear amen? I love the word of God. It blesses. Hallelujah. When somebody says, it shall not be well with you. And you open your word. The Bible says, see unto the righteous. It shall be well. You just start laughing. That this is above what somebody has said. Man's word cannot be more powerful than the word of God. 
Glory to God. See, when I was a young Christian, thank God for scriptural union who taught us the word of God while growing up. I'm forever grateful for that great ministry. I thank God for that great ministry. Scriptural union, secondary school. When I got born again, somebody told me one day that I saw me swimming in a pool of blood. And then he said, I died. As young as I was then, I just told the apostle that, but the Bible says I shall not die. And I began to rejoice that the word of God says I shall not die. Well, it's over 25 years now. I'm still alive. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you let the world guide you, some dream of eating, and you are disturbed, who says eating in the dream? Is in, now, I, I'm not saying it's a good I'm just saying, okay, what about eating in the world? If you miss that, your blessings are coming. Why attribute it to me that is something bad? I don't mind eating in a dream. Just let it be the type of food I like. From a restaurant that I like. When I wake up, I will just dress up and go to that restaurant and buy the food. I will just say to myself, the Lord is saying something. Food means blessing. Oh, something is coming my way. Because it is not about the dream. It is about the interpretation you give to the dream. Two men dreamt in the Bible. Joseph said to one, they both saw three things on their head. He said to one, this is the meaning of your dream. You shall be restored. He said to other, this is the interpretation of your dream. You shall be killed. Interpretation. You see something and you give it a wrong interpretation. Oh, I want to stop here. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, Father, I thank you and bless your name. Glory to your name. Thank you for your word. Thank you for those who are listening. Lord, anyone in bodies, bondage, set them free in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that the scales in people's eyes will fall up and that true light will shine. And those who are called into this office, you will train them and equip them to stand where you want them to stand. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.